Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast, where Anne and I, my co-host Anne, you you know her. She's about to start talking in a little bit. We talk about Blizzard and its many, many games. Uh, so let's start doing that. Uh, Anne, what have you been up to? Pokemon Go. No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have been up to that, but... I mean, I have been up to that, but I've also been up to... Um... We're going to talk about this. In detail, probably, and a little bit later here. But uh, there's a certain PTR that went live, and I've been poking around on that pretty judiciously because there's a lot. There is a lot. Do you remember last week? Do you remember last week, Rossi? Last week was kind of an idyllic time, and when we wrapped up the show, we said, you guys should totally send us emails because we need those because it's going to be like there's going to be a real lack of news between here and BlizzCon probably. Yeah, I, I remember that. Do you remember Halcyon that time? Day. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember that time? That time is, Once again, is no longer. I am not Nostradamus. I, I I feel like Ian Hazacostas just did this on purpose. <laughs> just to mess with. He didn't. I mean, no. this is something that they wanted to get out there ahead of time. But uh, regardless. Needless to say, there's a lot of uh, news to talk about, and some of the stuff that we're going to be talking about is about the 8.3 PTR, which I have been spending copious amounts of time on just poking around and looking at the new stuff, because there's quite a lot of it. Um, That, and, you know, I said it half-jokingly, but without being joking about it, Pokemon Go, I've been playing that quite a bit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And uh, just random around-the-house stuff that has nothing to do with gaming whatsoever. Um. I am cleaning up the atrium and the plants, and I am dividing the plants into sections, and these sections are, you guys are living and thriving, so I like you. There are, you guys are kind of struggling a little bit, and I'm trying, and then there is the section where it's, okay, guys, it's up to you now. (laughs) I'm watering them. I'm paying attention to them, but they're kind of faltering. And if they die, I'm just going to let them go <laughs> because I've tried everything at this point. 
So yeah, uh, that's been going on too. Cause it's like, I, I cut down the plants by like about half, probably about six months ago because there were just so many and there are still just so many. And I don't need that many, especially if they've decided that they just don't want, they don't agree with me and my, my dealings and how I water them. So yeah, that's it really. Yeah, what have you I've been up to? Been... Because I heard that something big was happening with you. Yeah, I, I we probably should just get that out of the way. Yes. After how many years at this point? Um, I don't even know. I can't even remember how many BlizzCons there's been. But okay, after... I my first BlizzCon was in 2010 when they announced Cataclysm. I think that was 2010. I believe it was 2010. It was the one. No, was it the one where they announced? Ca- yeah, it was the one where they announced Cataclysm. That was the first one that I went to, and it was the same year that I got hired. And you had been there before me, so it's been longer yeah. than that. But however many years it's been, um, I've never been to BlizzCon. I, I just never, never had things line up so I could go. Uh, but finally, after all these years, thanks to people who know who they are, um, I'm getting to go. I will be going to this year's BlizzCon. So yay! Uh, you you can look forward to such things as me being awkward in person because I don't know how to talk to people in real life. Uh, me not sure who you are, but but perfectly you know, grateful to, to talk to you for a few minutes. Hopefully and you me... throwing Mitch in a pool? Yeah, we would like to see that happen. Okay, I think we, I, all right. I think we it's would all time. like to see Yeah, it is, it is time. time. It's time, Mitch. But more, more importantly than any of that, though, is I'm going to get to see this thing that's been so much a part of my life for years. And I've never been, and I've never seen it. And it's like, I've always felt a little weird about it. Like, it's, we talk about the community, and we talk about how BlizzCon is this big celebration of the community. And I've never felt a part of it because I've never been. I've never had a chance to see what it's like. I so, am. Yeah. Simultaneously, I am really happy for you because I feel like this is something that you need to experience at least once, right? Everybody yeah. there is there for the same reason. They're there because they're gigantic nerds that love video games. So it's like just being in, it's like, ah, I have arrived. I am home, right? (laughs) Among my people, right? It's just that feeling. Everybody there is just super stoked about everything. And I love it. And I'm really happy that you get to experience that. The thing that I'm kind of bummed about, and this is just me personally, is that I'm not going to be there so I don't get to meet you face to face. Oh, I wish, but I can't afford it. I just can't afford it, guys. I'm sorry. (sighs) It's the weirdest thing about life is you can form these, like, we've known each other now for about, you you just said since 2010, so it's been nine years. We've been working together for nine years. We've been doing this podcast. We've done Know Your Lore together. We've done a lot, you know, a lot of work together. And we've spoken off quite often, but we've never met. We, we, you know, I know kind of what you look like because I've seen a few pictures of you. But red hair, would, crazy glasses, hard to miss. You know, it would still be like you know, from it would take <laughs> me a little bit. If we met in person, I'd be like, "Man, like I wouldn't know immediately." And it's just interesting. No, you would because the second I'd see, I, I saw you, I would be giving you a hug, and you'd be going, "Oh my God, who is this?" Oh wait, it's just Anne. But yeah, it's yeah. it's just it it's I I wish I wish I had the money to go. I do not have the money to go, and yeah. I'm really sad about that because. I would love to meet you face to face. Like once this in my life, probably, it would be great. Yeah. But yeah, this year this just is, didn't pan out for me. Sorry, guys. <laughs> this is probably my only BlizzCon, so I am I am upset that I won't get to meet like people like Alex or you or anybody who's not going. But I am still glad to get to go at least once uh, and see this thing because it has been. I've spent years now, basically in the home team, covering everything, doing breakouts and 
watching people you know do the convention and never actually going and never seeing it so yeah yeah i'm definitely very excited about that you guys but, i there's a couple of people who are like start a donation thing see the thing is star hammer number one it's too late to get tickets number two um i don't think that hotels have any room anywhere so like i would be sleeping in my car somewhere and i don't know if that's a good idea it's just it we're, we're at the point here like if i had known about this six months ago maybe i could have done something but i this I all came together super fast yeah like, this was like i didn't i had no idea until suddenly i was given the opportunity and i i, I jumped upon it because yeah, I, and I'm afraid. I'm terrified of everything that involved in this. I don't like crowds. I don't like air travel. I don't like being away from my wife. Well, and see, my and that's the and other stuff. reason why I sort of wish that I was there because I'm like I could lead you through everything like a magical pixie that knows where everything is. Yeah. <laughs> but but you know, I just I I felt that I had to jump it's on okay. it, the opportunity, and I, and I gotta you know, there's still gonna be a lot of people to meet, and there's still gonna be like you know, yeah. I'm still finally going to get to throw Mitch in a big body of water. And that's pretty special. I and think. we will be, we will, uh, or well, I won't be because I'm not going to be there, but um, somebody is going to be filming this because it has to go on social media when it happens, because this was a podcast joke that is now coming to horrifying yeah. life. And I want to R- see it. <laughs> Rochelle has <laughs> promised me that she will be recording when it Good. happens. So if she throws I'm, I'm glitter at the end of it, that would just be <laughs> chef's kiss. Right. Okay. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should probably talk about the other stuff that's going on this week because yes. it's been quite a week. So uh, I'm going to throw it to you first because we yeah, because honestly, there's there's one thing that's like the biggest piece of in- the biggest piece of news that come out of this week, and it's not 8.3; it's something else entirely. And I feel like we need to at least talk about what happened here. Uh, Hearthstone had their Asia Pacific Grandmasters tournament this week, and in the in the post, I guess it was like the post show stream where they were doing interviews. They interviewed the winner who was Blitzchung and he, well, basically what he did was like when he was supposed to be giving his speech about what he was doing or whatever, he put on a mask and he yelled, liberate Hong Kong revolution of our age. Because as we know, there's some serious stuff going down between Hong Kong and China right now. And I'm not even going to pretend that I understand all of the nuances of it. I just know that it's horrific and I don't like any of it. Um, After Blitz Chung did this, Blizzard came out and banned him in from competing in Hearthstone Esports for a year. They took away his $10,000 in prize money. And then on top of that, they also, they, they fired the two casters that were there with him. Um, and I don't, I didn't see the situation as it happened. I don't know if they were in on it and they knew that he was going to say this. I, I, I don't know. Um, I don't have that information, but I know that this was probably the harshest punishment that blizzard has ever put out for anything um really particularly for hearthstone there there's they don't they don't do a lot of stuff in hearthstone uh there were a couple of players that were like suspended earlier this year for uh win trading and stream sniping which is a, a different thing altogether but they were only banned from the grandmasters tournament it wasn't like a year-long ban outright like this needless to say the fact that this was such a harsh punishment and what he was talking about when he made that statement it's basically a politically charged situation that a business has just gotten in the middle of 
or been dragged into the middle of, I guess, because now Blizzard is in the middle of it, whether they wanted to be there or not. And there's a lot of blowback going on right now. Um, we are going to have... There were there were a lot of people that were wondering if we were going to write something about this. Yes, we were actually like pulling together things to write about this and talk about it in detail. That article will be up live on the website later today if it's not up live already. But it goes over the situation and it goes over similar situations and it talks about what's been going on. Um, and I would look for that on the website. As far as me, myself personally, this isn't something that I feel qualified to talk about in detail, honestly, uh, because I am not from Hong Kong. I am not from China. I don't like anything that's going on over there. I don't understand all of it, but I know that there are some really horrific things going down there. And I know that there are a lot of people that are putting themselves in danger just by speaking out. And I don't, I don't feel like it's my place to contribute to that conversation. I I don't. Um, It's not my area of expertise. It doesn't affect me directly. What I will say is that my heart goes out to the people that are involved with this and I hope that they're okay. That's my hope is just that everything, everyone is safe and everyone is okay. Um, so yeah, look for that on the website that, that column will be out later today. And if you're listening to the uh, show on Monday, it came out last Friday. So go look for it. Um, and that, overshadowed everything else which was kind of a bummer because there's so much else that came out this week and we do need to talk about that other stuff so i'm going to hand it back to you rossi okay um i don't have to follow that uh (laughs) what what did happen game wise uh the big thing that happened this week was as we said the uh the developer update where ian hazakasas came out and told us what patch 8.3 is going to be and what it entails. And it is a very large patch. Um, We're going to Nihilatha. I know, I just yep. came off of something really serious, but I'm really excited because I've been predicting this since how long? When did I say? Uh, when did I say that I since we went exactly to Argus? When, but, remember when I yeah. said since we went to Argus at the end of Legion that we were going I was hoping we were going to go to Nihilatha at the end and it happened. Yep, you did in fact say that. This okay. is something both Anne and Joe have been predicting for a long time. Okay. So that that's there's so much to talk about in terms of what's happening in this patch. Uh, first off, this is Nizoth's assault on the world. This is what he he got he got free from his prison as part of the uh, patch 8.2 raid. He didn't just get free from his prison. We showed up to beat Ashara, and in doing so, we gave her the power and opportunity to unlock the last of Nizoth's chains because we're dumb. Yeah, like literally, we <laughs> opened the door and let yeah. him out. Yeah, but. What's really interesting is we're discovering more about what was really going on there, but that's kind of spoilery. But there's stuff we can tell you about is the stuff they told us about in the presentation. First up, I'm just going to say this because I know Anne will possibly explode if I don't. Rathion's back. Yay! Uh, and he's very involved in this patch and the story of this patch. Guys, guess what he has for us? Cloaks! Because of yep. course he does. He's such a fashionable gentleman. He solves every problem with capes. The, the man just loves to solve problems with capes. He, that is how he approaches He's the them. anti, oh my gosh, what's her name from uh, The Incredibles? Yeah, I know he you need, but I can't remember. Anti her, either. yes. He wants more yeah. capes. No capes. No, yes. He, yes. he's more like, capes. yes, yes, capes. Just as many as possible. The cape itself is actually really cool. Um, it's, a, it's a legendary cloak. Um, obviously, the way that we get that cloak and how it evolves and that kind of thing, not on the PTR yet, not implemented on the PTR yet. Edna Mode, thank you, and Black Owl. Yes, he's the anti-Edna Mode. Anyway, uh, 
I had the opportunity to play with the cloak a little bit because it is available on um, the big old Torin guy. You can just buy it outright so you Flash can guitar. test it. Yeah, Flask Guitar. You can buy it, buy it from him outright with gold just so you can test it out. It starts out very small, and then as you upgrade it, it gets bigger and bigger, and like the pattern on it gets better and better. And the final pattern on this thing is this gorgeous black and gold like Rathion, but it's also got the constellation kind of pattern on it, sort of like you know titan stuff and then it's got like little runes on it that glow it's it's gorgeous it's probably the first cloak that i've seen in a long time that i would actually leave visible on my character and you know me rossi i never show cloaks no she doesn't show cloaks mhm but this one is it's beautiful i would do it anyway yeah. Uh, so the way that that works with the cloaks is they're basically they're helping us counter threats um, and helping us progress further in these things called horrific visions of Nazoth, which are actually kind of fun, um, despite the name horrific vision. It Nazoth is obviously freed and he's invading a couple of places. You want to talk about that? Talk about that. Sure. Okay. Uh, basically, what we've got with the horrific visions is you have storm, you have stormwind, and you have Orgrimmar. Those are the places that the horrific visions are in. Before right. you get that, though, he attacks two Titan facilities that we know of. Right yes. now, we know of two that he's attacking. The first are the shrines in Pandaria, in the in the Vale of Eternal Blossoms. He's attacking those. Uh, Andy's well, also it's Mogoshun, attacking Mogoshun vaults, which is basically yeah. underneath the Vale of Eternal Blossoms. Yeah, but he's also attacking. Um, and this one is interesting, Aldum. Yeah. He's going after the Walls of Origination because, mm-hmm. well, the Walls of Origination are the one thing that can stop an old god in his tracks along with everything else in the world. They're, they're the, these, this isn't working, push button, reset planet option. And he either and wants to take them out. we stopped that from happening once. Yep. So he he wants, wants to make to sure it it'll out. never happen. Or he wants control of it so he can use it himself. We're yeah. not entirely clear on what he's thinking, but in in the results of these two, what they're calling assaults, he means these two assaults that we have to fend off. After a while, he gets strong enough to manifest in both Stormwind and Orgrimmar these horrific visions, which are essentially, it, it's interesting to, to the way that they put it is it's a it's like he's manifesting an alternate future right here and now. He's making us see and experience what it will be like when he conquers us. It's basically, you know how we talk about the void is like seeing every possibility all at once? He's basically hitting us with visions of the very worst possibilities. Well, for us. And we're kind of like in them. And he's trying to drive us. Well, he's, he's doing what the old gods always try to do. He's trying to, you know, drive everyone a little bit cuckoo and sway them to his side. And the thing about the the horrific assaults is, at first, you are going to go to lose your sanity and go mad before you finish it. It's not possible for you to finish it before you will just run out of sanity. You will have to get out. And it's there's a time limit because you've got the sanity meter. I went and did this on the PTR. There's like a little sanity meter, and as you're in there doing stuff, it ticks down. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. And, and therefore, the, the, the goal isn't to complete it entirely and drive out the uh, vision. The goal is to grab as many, th- you know, many fragments of Nazoth as possible so that you can bring out these corrupt essences of the old gods for Rathion to use in making you the cloak that can give you protection against them. 
essentially Rathion's working on the whole concept of fighting fire with fire here. You're fighting it's, madness with madness. Yeah, and it's kind of like the, uh, well, if you did the Deaths of Kuromi scenario, you know how you went in, and the first time you went in, you couldn't get very far, but it was like it got progressively, you could progress, the farther you got along in it, the, the more you could pr- keep progressing through it. It's like that. It feels like that. And um, it's kind of cool. I don't know if the cloak... Some, uh, Grez one, uh, yeah, Grez one in the chat channel says, is the cloak basically required for the raid? I don't know if it's actually required for the raid. Um, I think that it would make things easier for the raid, but I know right now it's very much tied to these horrific visions. You yeah. get in there to, like... It, and if we are going to Nyalatha for the raid, I would assume that those cloaks, yeah, it would be a really good idea to have those cloaks. But you're going to have the opportunity to get them before the raid even comes out. Because we know every raid that they've done so far, they rele- or every patch that they've done so far that has a raid in it, they release the patch and then it's a little while before the raid comes out. So you'll have time to like gather the cloak, go do the horrific visions, get the little pieces, get your cloak together, that kind of thing, before you ever step foot into Nyalatha. Yeah, and the interesting thing too is the the interesting thing about the visions in particular. The horrific visions are completely scalable content. You can go in completely solo, and you can do them at, like kind of as an as a scaled up version of the Chromie scenario or the Mage Tower. That's totally doable. You can absolutely do that if you want, or you can go in with up to five people. Those people don't have to have a specific specialization. This isn't tank. You don't have a tank and a healer. You could go in with like oh, five DPS if you wanted. You it's like doing people. a three-player scenario, only it's five people. Yeah, it's like it's like the old days. The old days of scenarios, except it scales up to five people. Um, so you can go in with two people. You can go in four people. You can go in with three people. You can go in just by yourself, or you can bring all five. Um, it scales in difficulty for the group you bring. Like if you bring in five people, it's more difficult than if you bring in four, and so forth. Um, the rewards are also scaled so that you don't get more, but everyone gets the same amount of them, I believe is how it works. And I just find that really fascinating because it's taking something I've missed forever in like scenarios, like playable. Scenarios and single player challenges, really. Yeah, I really like adds, the Mage Tower. It, it brings them both to the game at the same time. And it's really interesting how you've kind of combined them and made it something that you can do. It's There's a lot of so, of single player stuff to do in in this patch between the uh the the assaults on um on uh the the various shrines and vaults uh yeah between that and and this you know the, the the horrific visions you've got a lot you can do completely solo if you want or you can do it with groups and friends and that's great you're having the flexibility to pick that kind of option means you don't ever have to say no you can't come because i want to do it alone but you can absolutely do it alone and that's great. There's a couple of things in the chat channel I want to address. First off, Kersimus said they updated the adventure journal and it looks like you will need it for the second to last boss right now. Yeah, you may actually need it for the raid because if we're going to Nihilatha, that's basically the home of Nazoth and you'll, you'll want that kind of thing. I'm not going to talk any further about the adventure journal because there are spoilers and stuff for things in there and I don't really want to inflict those on people. Um, however, people just so you know that information is out there it is ptr information so it could change either way we don't know yet but be aware there's spoilers out there if you're looking for spoilers um and then grez one also commented and said will the cloak let us fly across a bridge now here's the thing they haven't said that that's going to be a thing that happens but i feel like this would be an excellent opportunity for them to 
allow that functionality with this cloak for people that missed out on the cloak in mists so that they can get access to Ordos. What do you think? I'd rather not talk about Ordos. Okay, I know, I know. And I'm not talking about, like, whether or not uh, he drops his shoulders, this. okay? Let me just let me just say this, ultimately. Okay. I am at the point where I've had years to farm Ordos. I don't see why we don't just let people farm him at this point. Yeah, and like, and I, I'm on the same page, but I also understand that they wanted to make the legendary cloak like a special thing or whatever. That's cool. But if we're getting another legendary cloak from Raphion, then wouldn't it be cool if they just sort of slid that functionality in there with it and said, okay, all of you guys that didn't, that either you weren't here for Miss or you didn't get the chance to do the legendary chain or anything like that, guess what? You can go to the Timeless Isle now and you can go ahead and murder Ordos because it'd basically be opening up that functionality to everybody that's playing in Point three, and I think that'd be a good idea, but that's just me. I'm just saying, Blizzard, if you're listening, this would be an excellent opportunity. Okay. I think though, since we talked about that, we should mention. Um, we just pointed out that the Veil of Eternal Blossoms, the the Mogushan Vaults, is one of the places that gets attacked by the oh, old, by the so old God servants. The the thing that that's interesting about that is when we go to do that, you will see that the Veil of Eternal Blossoms has healed. It's been the restored. Attack. The golden lotus got it working. They made it. They planted all the trees. It looks really pretty again. I'm very just excited. in time for the old gods to attack. But <sighs> also, once you do that, once the once the invasions have, or like the assaults have switched off because they're not currently happening, the veil will remain like that for you. So you can just visit it, and it will look like that again, which I think is fascinating. It's really keep... interesting. The tree that you planted at the end of uh, Siege of Orgrimmar and all the tree that you planted along with Lorewalker Cho, it's still there. And the little um, monument that that was put up there, like the little plaque, it's still there. All of that is still there. It's just the rest of the veil is golden and beautiful again. The only thing that's bothering me right now, and it's like just this little teensy, it's a bit, a little, little bit of bother. Um, I keep looking around on the PTR, have not found him yet, but I want to find Sunwalker Desko. And I want to find his kid. And I want to make sure that they're both okay. Um, also, this would be an excellent opportunity to introduce a Torin child model because I've never seen that before. And I would like to. That's just Good me, point. though. I'm not, I'm not arguing with you. Yeah. I don't think that that's a bad idea. I want to know what Desko's been up to. I mean, things were very sad for him. Is he okay? Is the kid okay? What's the kid like now? Is the, well, kid, the kid into the whole the Golden Lotus thing? Like, what's, what's, yeah. what's up? Last we I saw the kid, know. the kid was part of the Golden Lotus, so yeah. we know that that's a thing that's happening. But yeah. we should also talk about, while we're discussing various things uh, 8.3 related, um, we should talk about the fact that we now know what the allied races coming in with 8.3 are. I'm so been still really giddy about that, too. So, um, you want to talk about it then, since you're giddy? Okay, uh... This was actually part of the... St I streamed a little bit from 8.3 on the day that it came out, and I apologize to everybody who was using headphones at the time because I spent a lot of time squealing. But um, that's because the Horde get Volpera, finally. Um, everybody had been speculating about this for the longest time, that, that, that Volpera would eventually be a playable thing simply because they had like all of the animations for using the Heart of Azeroth and all that other stuff, like the skeletons were there, da 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 um, they are coming. They are going to be available for the Horde as an allied race and for the Alliance. You guys get mechanomes, and it's not the mechanomes like you find up in Wrath of the Lich King, like the little mechanical robot dudes. No, these are straight up the mechanomes that you find in Mechagon, 
like the half gnome, half robot kind of hybrid people, and they're super cool. The hairstyles on these are phenomenal. I that was one of the biggest comments I had. I was making a mechanome. I was making a lady mechanome on the PTR, and I'm looking through the hairstyles, and they're all victory rolls and very steampunk looking. And I'm sitting here looking at this and going, "Can we just, can we just update the barbershop? Can we just give the different races some additional hair? You don't even have to make brand new hairstyles. Just allow the hairstyles to be used by different races." Can we utilize that function? Can we do that? Because that's another area of customization that was put in game and then just kind of ignored. And they keep coming out with these allied races that have these really cool new things. But it's like, could I get some of that for the character that I've been playing diligently since, I don't know, Burning Crusade came out? Because that'd be cool. Anyway, the Volpera are the most adorable things I have ever seen in my life. Um... The quest chain to unlock them is not implemented yet. And the same with the mechanomes. You could just roll one on the PTR right now. If you go on the PTR, you can roll one. Um, you can look through all the customization options and you can play with it a little bit. I need to check and see if actually if the PTR has had an update because I haven't checked it in a couple days. Um, been busy. But uh, they didn't have the unlock chain implemented as of yet. And the voice lines aren't in yet. There's actually some really funny stuff going on if you, if you, uh, let's see, if you salute as a mechanome, you cry, like the crying sound plays for some reason, and I don't know why. And then um, with the Volpera, I believe if you blow a kiss on a female Volpera, it makes the male goblin mwah, mwah, mwah noise, which is not accurate at all. <laughs> So those aren't implemented yet. They aren't fully implemented yet, but you can still go on. You can check the customization options. You can check the animations. Uh, the dances are really cool. The mechanomes, obviously they do the robot and it's just hysterical. And then um, for the Volpera, they do the dance from what does the fox say, which, uh, I mean, could they have picked anything else? I don't think that they could have. Uh, Not without serious problems with people, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The other thing that I really love about the mechanomes is when they laugh, they do like this diabolical thing where they put both hands in the air and they like lean back and they do this crazed sort of laughter. <laughs> and it's the most hysterical thing I've ever seen in my life. If you want to play on the PTR and subject yourself to spoilers, I highly recommend just rolling one of each to play with them. Just to play with them and see what's up with them because they are amazing and I can't wait to see them in action. Okay. Uh, one thing we're going to talk about now is not, strictly speaking, an 8.3 thing. Uh, it's sort of a Dana mining thing, but I think it's interesting enough to talk about at least a little. Um, one of the things that they found, uh, people at WoW had found this while they were doing their data mining, was skins for every allied race. Yes. As Death Knights. Yes. And it's in the 8.3 files. It doesn't mean it's coming in 8.3. No one has announced it's coming in 8.3. But the fact that it's in the files... It's just there. It, it's not just the allied races either. It's also Pandaren. <sighs> and that's interesting because Pandaren right now can't be Death Knights. No, none of these people can be Death Knights. And we had a discussion on Lore Watch about this where we were talking... Was it Lore Watch or was it this show where, where people were talking about... Could this Death Knight thing be a possibility? And I believe you and I both said the only way that it would be a possibility is if somebody started making Death Knights again. And that could very well yeah. be the case because at that point in time, this was during Legion, at that point in time, Bolvar was doing all kinds of fishy stuff that he's still up to. So Yeah, and the, the point that they made too 
um, on Wowhead, one of the things that was very interesting is that there's new encrypted sound files, one of which is Bolvar. We don't know what he says, but we know he says something and they encrypted it. Uh, and so... Also keep in mind that all of this 8.3 stuff was encrypted beforehand. Nobody could yes. crack it. Wowhead couldn't crack it. Wowhead can crack everything. They found a way to put stuff in there that Wowhead can't crack. They couldn't get the uh, the cinematics for the end of 8.2.5, the Sour Frank stuff that we already talked about. They couldn't get to that before the patch came out. Like, it was just, they found a way to lock it away. I'm delighted by this development. <laughs> it does make it more interesting, but one thing we can we can speculate on for sure is that this there's a, there's also a conversation from 8.3 between Jaina and Anduin that I'm not going to spoil for you. But that conversation also kind of leads us back to thinking about Death Knights and Northrend and so forth, because it is about Talia, aka Talia Four Dragon, aka Bolvar Four Dragon's daughter, which. She was revealed, like, right up at the beginning of Battle for Azeroth, and Anduin said, ah, we need to get together and talk sometime. And then the talk never happened because all heck broke loose all over the planet. You know, we've got more important things to deal with. It sounds like conversations are finally going to begin happening, which is good, because I've been waiting yep. for them to do something with their character. There's also another th another quest that, again, we don't talk too much about, but um, Mitch wrote the article for us on this one where the Forsaken get to see a little bit of movement on their story at the same time. I think the two are probably connected in some way, but as yet we don't know. The connecting tissue doesn't seem to be there. But it, there's definitely certain characters from the story so far show up, and it, it hinges on the Forsaken story. And it very much involves... Um, oh, and if I don't remember her name, I'm going to want to punch myself in the face. Kalia? No, although she is mentioned. But the one I'm thinking about is the Forsaken woman. Lillian? Thank you, Lillian Voss. My yes. brain was just not dredging that up. So there's there's some stuff going on. And also some familiar figures from the Darkshore Warfront, who we were last seen fighting against the Night Elves, make an appearance as well. So there's there's definitely stuff. I find it stuff super moving... funny that all of this stuff dropped while we were talking about it all on Lorewatch. Yeah. It's, I'm glad it's that not... we're doing Lorewatch Weekly right now because we have a lot to talk about this week. <laughs> yeah, it's it is one of those things where... In the past, stuff would drop and be like, "We're not doing lore watch till next week." Oh God! So, yeah, and now that, it's that just, nice. "Oops, we had to wait until Sunday." Oops, but that's it. Uh, yeah, no problem. and and without you know doing any story spoilers or anything like that, keep in mind that that all of this stuff that the encrypted stuff and the skin files and everything else, we don't have context for any of this. It could be pointing to stuff with a new expansion. It could be pointing to. Death Knights being open to everybody. It could be op pointing to, hey, we're going to have some really cool Halloween costumes this year. We don't know. We really yeah, don't know. For right now, all we've got is that these things exist and they might mean something. So don't There's... jump the gun and start assuming stuff because really, like I, I say this every time we have a PTR come out and anytime anything is data mined, the stuff that is data mined, it's not canon until it's in the live game. And it can be pulled at any time without warning. And we've seen it happen before. And I've given examples before of stuff that got, you know, yoinked before it ever made it to the live game. So don't read into this too much, but it's still very exciting, mm -hmm. I think. Yep. So absolutely. I, I think that's no... 8.3 is shaping up to be one of the most interesting patches we had in a while. Oh. We haven't even mentioned... Did we even mention the Heritage Armor? No. And we didn't mention the Auction House either. We should definitely talk about those then. Um, you want to go with the auction house or you want to go with the I'll heritage go with the auction house. You go with the heritage armor. 
Okay. Well, you go first then. Okay. So at long last, at long, long last, I don't remember if, or I don't know if you guys remember years ago, I think it was years ago, they were talking about doing an auction house overhaul. Um, and it was something that they were working on, but because the auction house was something that has been in the game since day one, it requires a lot of work to actually make it happen and not break everything. It's, it's like the faction divide. It's one of those things that's always, always, always been there and always run a certain way. Um, and when you tinker with that too much, you stand a very good chance of breaking everything. However, they've done a new overhaul now and there's several really major changes with it. Uh, biggest one is that stackable items, you can purchase them in por portions now. So when you search for something, you'll see a stack of like... I don't know, 265 flasks or something like that, and you just need five of them for the raid night, you can go in there, tell it, I want five of that stack, and it'll give you five of that stack. It's also consolidating everything into those stacks automatically. So if you list something and you're listing for the same price as somebody else who has that same something, it'll all get glommed in the same stack. Do you know what this means, Rossi? This is very important. It means that there will be no more shuffling through page after page after page of single items it's not even going to be possible to do that anymore. And I could not be happier. <laughs> I could not be happier about this really. Um, this is also going to kind of uh, cut into the whole, the whole idea of undercutting people by like, you know, a copper or whatever. There's no reason to do that anymore. Since everything's going to be kind of glommed together. If, if an item is selling, you're going to sell the item and you're going to sell it for whatever price happens to be there. So you know, I think there's definitely going to be a shift in the market. I, I feel like this is definitely going to affect the market, how exactly it affects it and what it's going to do before it completely settles back down. I don't know, but I'm really interested in seeing. Um, the other cool thing that I really like is that you can favorite items and make a shopping list. So say you need uh, a, a few different reagents for like uh, something you're tailoring or something you're putting together with engineering. I know engineering, you have parts that require parts that require parts that require certain ore to make those parts. And it's always a pain in the rear end to try and figure out what exactly you need to buy now, because you have to close that screen to open the auction. Now you can just make a shopping list and you can go on the auction house and you can look for that shopping list and you can fill that shopping list and then you have everything you need. And I love, love, love this functionality. For crafters, this is just, uh, this blows everything away. Um, I don't, I don't know about you, but I think this is something that is long, long, long overdue. And the little bit that I have seen, like the examples that I have seen of the auction house and how it functions now, it looks so much smoother and so much easier. It's not going to lag people out when they go look for something. It's eliminating that part of things. And the people that have been working on this, kudos to them, man, because that was... I yeah. can't even imagine how difficult that task was, but what they have come up with is something that is so streamlined and so it's just beautiful. It's beautiful to watch in action and it's weird to say something about that or it's weird to say that about something that's just like, you know, UI functionality, but I love elegant UI anyway. No, it's absolutely a definite step forward. Um, yeah. If you've ever been like trying to pick up like, you know, I need 30 or but like, I mean, the cheapest ore, he listed it 
like one piece at a time for the first ten, and then there's a and group then of twenty that click and click and click yeah. and click. Yeah, it's just and a pain in the butt. Having to look through and do the math in your head or do the things. Okay, I'll be I'll be paying this much per amount if I buy these five here, but then the next cheapest group is a group of thirty, and I don't need thirty. I need twenty. There's only five of the. So you know what I mean. There's always that. Yeah. Do I end up buying those five and then buying the thirty, and I end up with like way more than I need? Like, what? How does this? Then get? what do you do with the extra? Do you relist it back on the auction house and take the hit, or do you just yeah. put it in your bank and then forget about it until three expansions down the road when nobody actually needs it? You know, it's just. Yeah. And I say that last bit because that is something that I have done on more than one occasion. Anyway, uh, I've still got Elementium Ore from the original game in my bank. That's it's that bad. So yeah. Absolutely, I think that's a great move. I, I believe really, really I believe my Shadow Priest still has one of the um, bits of the War Chain stuff from the original 14 Axe. Do you remember that? Very vaguely. It was I, for I that. Remember. Yeah, I think she still has a piece of that. <laughs> you needed it to get your tier piece. Yeah, you needed so, it for yeah. the... It was like for the Frost Resist gear or the tier pieces, I don't remember. But she's got like a hunk of it in her bag just because it's there. Anyway, uh, let's talk about Heritage Armor because we've been waiting for this one. Yeah, this one... If you've been patiently waiting for your dapper werewolves, your time has come. Your your top hat wearing werewolves have arrived. Um, also, if you're a goblin, do, do you want to be strapped like you know head to toe with explosives because we can do that for you we have that technology now or that lack of properly used technology however you want to look at it um there's a there's a giant rocket on your shoulder in this set it's actually the 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 goblin set surprised me with how much i liked it it's very it looks very good it's it's very flippy uppy goggles that flip up and down like you can have them down over your eyes or you can have them up over like over the top of your head it's like half it's it's sort of like half steampunk half goblin engineer obsessed with explosives and i'm kind of here for it i like it yeah it's the uh worgen set some people are upset about the shoulders i okay don't like the here's my problem with this set and i do have a problem with this set can i talk about my problem with this set sure okay tonally speaking it is gray, gold, and brown, and the brown is a warmer brown than the gray, so it looks off, and I feel like they need to either go with a dark gray for the shoulders and the boots, or they need to go brown with the coat and the hat and all the other stuff, and personally, I prefer the dark grays, but that's just me, because um, the brown and gold, that was more legiony stuff. And that just kind of evokes the whole Legion shoulder aesthetic for me. And I don't know. It There's like three different tones in the coats and the hats. And those three tones aren't playing well together with me. So I, I wish they'd tweak it. And I mean, they've got time to tweak it too. If they want to tweak it, it's just a matter of like tweaking the color on a few different skins. That's it. Um, I don't think it's like too much of a task to ask them to do that. That and I'm not a 100% a fan of the belt. The belt is like really simple. And when we've had so many like really ornate belts come out over the last couple of expansions, I'm really surprised that they didn't come out with something that was like a little more ornate for these guys. I love the top hat though. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> it's a very nice top hat. Yes. It, it's. I, I honestly, my feelings on the set are less. I don't really care that much about the color scheme. Although I would like it if it was only. I feel like having three different tones, and when they're all muted tones except the gold, feels kind of odd. 
but I don't really, I don't have a tremendous problem with it. And I don't mind the shoulders. A lot of people have said they don't like the color on the shoulders that they feel it clashes. And I, I don't, I don't agree with that, but I will say, um, I feel like there are other pieces in the game already. I, I, I don't know how, the, how properly to put this. I feel like the shoulders, the, the problem I have with them isn't that they, I don't like the color. It feels like they don't really belong with the set. They look like shoulders that are already present in the game. Actually, yeah. they, the shape of them reminds me of shoulders that I found like back in Vanilla and Burning Crusade. Cloth ones. The, yeah. There's just there's a little something about them that's off. But regardless, I, I still actually like the set quite a bit. And I know I'll use it on my Worgen when I get a chance to get them up to like 120. Which I've been, you know, totally falling down on, but you know that that happens. You know what I, I wish I do, that they uh, could do? What? Okay, I saw this lady the other day because I was out and about in town, and she had this really long black coat. It was very, it was very early '90s goth. You remember early '90s goth? Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, so it had like I a was really, there. Yep. it had the, it had the really ornate buttons on the cuffs and everything, and the shoulders were more like. Um, like a drover's coat sort of thing? Uh, no, it was kind. Of, it was almost like there was like a capelet over her shoulders. That's what the shoulders were. Was it wasn't like it wasn't like shoulder pads or anything like that. It was like she had like a little capelet that just kind of rested on her shoulders, and it went with the rest of it. And it had like this again. It had more of those ornate button things on the front of it. That kind of thing. That's what I wish they would have gone for with this. Because if you remember um, way back to the Worgen. It was the Worgen opening, like, when you played through the starting event thing, and then there was that cinematic with the dude that had the little glasses, and he had that coat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Arenas. Yeah, that coat was based off of, I think they said that it was based off of, like, the Lich King. They basically reskinned the Lich King's model, like, the Lich King cloak and everything like that, so that it looked like a long coat. I wish they had gone that route with the shoulders, where it it looked like part of the coat because right now it doesn't look like part of the coat. It looks like something you stuck on top of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, but you you don't mean like a drover's coat. Ah, uh, maybe. Yeah, the drover's coat have that like the cape type thing. Yes, that you, yes. It's literally yeah. Yes, that's like what the I ones was that you, when you're like uh, you see the um, the coachmen that are like on the on the carriages with the horses and they've got the you, that kind of a coat, like a carriage coat, that kind of thing. It looks like a little yes the the picture that you linked me exactly that. <laughs> yeah, that's, I had I had a coat like that once and I've yes. always missed it. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I, I I honestly feel like they should have they should have made the shoulders more integrated. But I do like the set overall, and I'd like me too. I just I'm happy that I'm happy that they have a set. Yes. Finally, I I want them to I want to know what the quests are now. I'm actually like, going to be poking around. So. Yeah, I'm going to be poking around on the PTR, and I may be streaming this weekend. I'm not sure yet. Uh, if you aren't following us on Twitch, maybe shoot us a follow. Also, if you happen to have Amazon Prime, you get a free Twitch Prime subscription once a month. And if you want to throw us a Twitch Prime sub, that helps support us and everything that we do. But uh, you'll get notified if I do go live with more PTR hijinks because I had a lot of fun going live with the Volpera and playing around with those and with the Mechanomes. So I plan on doing that again. So if you want to be notified, just be sure that you, you know, you follow us or you subscribe if you want to help support everything. Um, and it'll notify you when I do go live and we'll mention it on Twitter too. So if you aren't following us on Twitter, please do. <laughs> yep. But uh, I mean, at this point, that's probably a pretty solid coverage of 8.3. We there's can talk one, about more stuff. Yeah, there's one more we'll thing go. I want to talk about. One more. Just one more. Go. Um, 
There's also uh, season four is going to be going live in 8.3 and there's a new Mythic Plus affix that's coming out. And that affix is basically the old god corruption that's affecting the rest of the world. It's also going to be seeping into dungeons as well. So you'll get these black 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 empire obelisks that pop up in the dungeons. And if you interact with one, you're pulled into this alternate basically it's like a mini horrific vision where one of Nizas lieutenants stands guard and if you defeat the mini boss then you'll be teleported out of the alternate alternate reality type thing exactly where you stand so you won't go back to where you entered right and it's kind of cool because it means that players could maybe potentially skip portions of the dungeon without using cloak of shadows or invisibility potions or stealth or that kind of thing um Mind you, if you skip things and, and and you don't like kill the bot, you know, if you don't skip any of that, the enemies that you skip, they're all going to come after you during the final boss fight. So it's a matter of what you feel like dealing with, I guess. Uh, it sounds like a really cool mythic affix, though, and it's really directly tied to everything else that's going to be going on in 8.3, which I think is pretty cool. So, yeah, that's on its way, too. All right, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, okay, uh, we've got like a, like ten, eleven minutes left because I don't. We do we want to late. address? Do we want to address an email or do we want to wrap it up here? Because I think I feel like we might as well give people an email. We've got, okay, like, we started late, so okay. at least one email. All right. If you guys have an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or Blizzard Watch, so you know it's for the show. Or you can hit us up on our Discord server. There's a a patron queue and podcast questions, which we totally like love to answer. And we put those in the queue and we answer them here sometimes too. So if you've got a, anything there, you can always put it in there and just let us know what show it's for. But uh, we've got at least two to look at now. So, and go ahead and pick one and we'll see what we do. Yeah. We'll go ahead and do this first one here. Cause I actually, I, I kind of like this one and I think this will send us out pretty good. Uh, this is from Sivus of Dethicus who says, greetings watchers. Delarin remarks that Alune abandoned the night elves at Teldrassil during the battle for Darkshore. Is she wrong? Sure, she limited the suffering of those trapped, but Teldrassil still burned. And by she, Alune. Alune limited the suffering of those trapped, but Teldrassil still burned. Why did Alune do nothing? What is your current headcanon? My night elves certainly have had their face shaken. Thanks, Sivus of Dethicus. Um, do, so do you, do you think that Alune abandoned the night elves? I think this is a common question for anybody of strong religious conviction throughout history and in fiction when confronted with something that they're like you know why did you allow this to happen to us it goes all the way back to the you know pre-old testament um people of israel when they ended up in babylon the the entire question was why did why was this allowed to happen and religions come up with different ways to answer it um i'm not going to try and answer it for real life ones in terms of this video game though it it's it depends on what you mean by abandon. Is somebody abandoning you if they stand by you while horrible things are happening to you, even if they don't stop them, perhaps because they can't stop them, or perhaps because to stop them would make something worse happen, or some other reason that we don't know. The thing about Elun is Elun has never been a really active god. She very rarely intervenes. When the when the Burning Legion in, attacked Azeroth ten thousand years ago, Elun didn't just smite them. She didn't fall down from the skies and blast them with moonfire. 
She didn't prevent her priests from doing it, but she didn't do it herself. She didn't show up at any point. The closest we get to direct intervention at that time was her was saying, no, I want this one and pointing to Taranda. There's a, I think it's very difficult to understand because we don't know anything about Alun. We don't know what Alun is really, other than she's worshiped as a goddess. We don't know what her time scale is or how far away she is or how hard it is for her to act on Azeroth. These are all questions we don't have answers to. So did she abandon her people? The fact that she did anything at all is pretty amazing. She very rarely does anything. So having actually taken some action is pretty surprising. And the fact that Tyrande could then call upon her to give to you know bring up the, the dark warrior aspect and it happened and the moon is currently right over Darkshore. We don't the problem is we don't know the limits of Alun's power or what her constraints are. So it's impossible to say if she abandoned them, wasn't able to help them, wasn't able to help them in the right way, couldn't figure out the right way or what. This is these are all questions we can't answer. We we do know that she is an Anaru. <laughs> yeah, but we also do know that there is some relation to the Naru. She's she's associated with them, which is cool because it's sort of like good that that one post that I wrote oh so long ago where I pointed out all of the correlations between Alun imagery and the stuff that was going on with like that it it's been acknowledged, but Alun is not a Naru, so um yeah we don't really know what she is or what she's capable of. Um, can I interject here though? Sure, go. go I'm going to talk about Classic again because it's really great that we have Classic up and running because it means that we can go back and we can look at quests that were have been since removed from the game. There is... Okay, first off, I'm going to say this is not the first time that the idea of Alun abandoning the Night Elves has come up. It's actually been something that's been around since Classic and there's a couple of places where you can um, kind of delve into that a little bit. Mostly it's involving the Moonkin. If you go do the quests in Darkshore, there are some quest chains in Darkshore where Alun is kind of vaguely mentioned and the uh, Moonkin are also kind of mentioned. But the really important one, the really, really important one is up in Winterspring. And it's one of my favorite quest chains from Classic. I have a lot of them, but that's one of my favorites because that's the quest chain in which I hit level 60 on my second character. Um, it's up in Winterspring. In the south end of Winterspring, there is a group of moonkin that are basically kind of running rampant. They're wreaking havoc. Have you played through this one? Oh, Did yeah, you... a long time ago. The one okay. with the lozenge shows up. Yeah, there's... Uh, there's a night elf out there who has a quest for you where she wants you to light some torches and it's a very I'm not going to lie to you it's a pretty hard quest to do um just because the respawn rate there was terrible and I don't know if it's still terrible in classic as it stands right now but uh back then the respawn rate was pretty especially for a shadow priest it was a little bit challenging but at the end of it all you light all the torches and then you see this little scene play out where they talk about Alun and they talk about the Moonkin and they talk about how Alun abandoned them and stopped talking to them. And Owlwing Thicket, little thrill pointed out in the chat channel. Yes, it's Owlwing Thicket. It's in the southern part of Winter Spring, uh, south, southeast side of Winter Spring. Uh, I would recommend if you have classic and everybody who's playing world of warcraft right now you've got access to classic yes it is a high level quest but if you have a high level character on classic um go do that quest chain because that actually it talks about a loon and the idea that a loon 
abandoned the night elves a long time ago. It wasn't just a recent thing, and it's not. It's something that they're that they're, they were concerned about back then in classic. You know, so this isn't a foreign concept, and this isn't something that just came up. It's just that what happened with Teldrassil was so over the top and so severe and so devastating on a level that I don't think they've experienced. The thing is, is like, yeah, the Night Elves lost Nordrassil, but that was of their own volition. They did it to stop the Burning Legion. They blew up that tree because it was the only thing they could do from to, to keep the Legion from coming in. And then they rebuilt and they continued on. This was not their choice or their decision. It was not something, it was an attack. And Alun didn't intervene. Yeah, and Alun didn't intervene in any way. And that's why they're angry. So it's like, it's two different things to me, I guess. But um, I wanted to bring up that classic thing, though, because, again, I really like that we have access to classic now because there are a lot of quest chains that are actually strangely relevant to events that are going on today and you don't realize it. But now we have the opportunity to go play through them again and see all of those old references in action. And I mean, I remember these things because I have an encyclopedia in my head of useless information. And Rossi, I'm sure you have one of these too, where you can pull things like that off the top of your head. But now you can actually go play through it and see it for yourself. And it's worth seeing for yourself because that particular quest chain, it was a really good chain. And the end of it is something to see. You, you really want to see it. It's one of those moments from Classic that stuck with me years and years and years later. I think that's it, really. I think that's all I had to say about that. You got anything okay. else to add? I think that's pretty solid. That's that's a good thing to, to think about. Okay. In terms of Elune's relationship with the Night Elves in general, yeah, it, it's always been, been kind of weird. I don't know how else to put it. It's She's been maybe watching where... over us and we channel her power, her divine power, the priests do it, you know, that kind of, but it's never been she's never been active active active. No, not... I mean not just like the only time that she's done anything directly I think since was like in cataclysm. There's a uh, there's the um the satyr who wants to be, you know, forgiven and through like, that's the interacting first with the time. Well. Yeah, that's the first time we've seen anything that could be construed as maybe Alun having a chit chat with us ever. But yeah. So th- this has been something that's been, you know, night elf culture for a long time. Is Delarin wrong? I don't know the answer to that question. I just don't. We don't know if she's wrong or not. It's certainly the case that Delarin is probably, you know, after all she's been through, probably pretty emotionally devastated. I think that they all were. I think that that interacts in different ways. I'm going to be up front. I, don't I think, think it's, Delarin you know... is wrong. I think that she has, I think that she has her own perception of the situation. And obviously it is colored by everything that has happened to her. But when isn't our, when aren't our opinions formed and shaped by what happens to us at any given point in time? Yeah, so. Absolutely. I don't think that there is a right or wrong in this situation. I think it's I think it's a matter of what is it Obi Wan said from a certain point of view. Oh, what was that? Like you know, many things we hold true depend greatly on our point of view. Yeah. You know, everything I told you was true from a certain point of view. Yeah. And that's that's something you really get to see in situations. It's kind of like, like the this void. Because... There's a ton of different possibilities yeah. out there, and each one of them has the ring of truth to it. Yeah. 
as long as we can't go and ask Elune, and we can't, and we can't then we'll never know what Elune's thoughts were. Velen we'll know... offered to you know tutorials on the whole process, of, and Tarana just wasn't interested. Yep. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I think we'll go ahead and save the other emails here for next week. And again, you know, if you guys want to email us, you can certainly do that. But we should probably wrap up the show here because we're running out of time. So, Blizzard Watch. It's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Anne. Uh, again, guys, if you have an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with podcast or blizzardwatch in the subject line or hit us up on our Discord server. This has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. It's been a heck of a week, all told. Thank you all for sticking out and coming to the show with us, and we will be here next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.